Welcome to The Craft. I'm your host, Mae Globus. This podcast is a collection of intimate conversations on artistry, mastery, and life with talented, passionately curious creatives and entrepreneurs. Most are dear friends, some are those I've admired from afar. I hope you enjoy these conversations, this exploration of the humanity that connects all of us as much as I do having them. Thank you for being here and for listening. Christina Culver is dynamite. There's nothing this woman can't do. A clothing designer, nail artist, self-taught vegan chef, tattooist, and athlete, she's always followed her natural talents and turned them into business ventures. After founding her fashion brand, Christina Darling, in 2005, she also found herself doing nail art for runway and magazines, too. Then in 2012, she launched Culver City Salads, a vegan food truck that quickly gained a following. In this conversation, we talk about her growing up in a family of athletes, grief around the death of her beloved Uncle Dan to a mountaineering accident on K2, what she learned about herself and others during the pandemic, and more. There's never a dull moment when you're with Christina. Christina Culver, welcome to The Craft. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. I'm very excited about this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly excited. I'm a little bit curious as to what you dug up about <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it's, it's nothing that you don't know about yourself already. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so usually when I start these podcasts, I, I typically ask myself, how did we meet? And we met over a decade ago. Roxy Quicksilver when I was a fashion journalist and we we took that press trip to Tofino for surfing that's when we met yes so you know what's funny is when I go back to that time I always feel as though we had known each other longer so when I when you asked me that question I was like kind of like doing the you know I was like we have so many friends in common obviously Mm -hmm. and then I started going further and further and I honestly I wouldn't have guessed that that was the first time we met but that was yeah, that was like early 2000s, I think wasn't so. it? Yeah. Yes. I and mean, it was I prior to the Olympics for sure. Yes. And you were doing nail art. Yeah, I was just teaching myself nail art. <laughs> <laughs> so taught. You know what? Okay, hold on. Yeah. I can actually tell you when it was. It was like 2004 or five. I'm going to mm-hmm. say, because I just had stopped designing full time. Oh, okay. I was wondering the timeline on that. Yeah. It's always almost impossible, but we just did it. Yeah. Bingo, and then, bingo. And then we just bonded over spirituality, fashion design, and oils, sprays, tinctures. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the bath bombs right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I want to know how you like them. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Um, yeah, and now we're yeah. fast friends. Yeah, we just spent like a month in Toronto together not that long ago. We almost. Did. Was that a month in the end? It was three yeah. weeks? It was yeah. like three and a half weeks. In, in the pandemic, no time counts, <laughs> but that counted. It did count. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a magical time. It really was. Yeah. Um, let's take it back, way back to your childhood. <clears throat> oh, boy. Yeah. Right. You come from a big family. Yes. Six kids. Yeah. You know, Second three of eldest? them, two of them. Second mm-hmm. eldest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have an older brother. Um, so it goes Marcus, myself, Sarah, Spencer, Kieran, and Riley. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we range from 25 to almost 40. It's a big range. Yeah, I mean, six kids, what are you going to do? Yeah, I don't know. that's true. That's Talk to true. Pam. She made yeah. all kinds of mistakes. <laughs> six for sure. Yeah. And it was North Shore. Yep, Deep and Cove. Then, and, and then, then Bowen. Bowen. So my, my mom's mom bought in the 40s. Mm, so we okay. spent our summers there. My mom's an only. So uh, she spent her summers there, and then we did as well. And then when she passed, my mom inherited the property. And then as a family, we rebuilt to 
to be able to, <laughs> it was a little cabin. You would have loved it actually. It was like no insulation, um, just uh, like a wood stove and, and a fireplace to heat. There was no heating, one bathroom, one bathtub, mm -hmm, eight people, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. now it's uh, a little bit different, but yeah, my siblings, my younger four siblings finished elementary and high school over there. Mm -hmm. I finished high school in Deep Cove. Mm. Yeah. And <laughs> your family, a lot of them are athletes. Like your amazing younger brother, Riley, pro skier. Yeah, he's a freestyler. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone, I mean, we all raced. So I grew up racing, skiing, and snowboarding, like ski and then snowboard, and then taught and coached. Um, my younger siblings all kind of similar, but mostly with skiing. Mm -hmm. Riley's the little miracle child. Like you heard that, the whole story about him being lit on fire when he was yes. three months old. Yeah. yeah. So he's pretty tough, resilient, and uh, yeah, he's the, I would say, I mean, I don't want to say anyone's the best at anything because I'll get in trouble, but Riley for freestyle, yeah, incredible. Um, Sarah raced downhill. She coaches skiing now. Kieran also, uh, well, he, w he would be teaching if things were different this year. Yeah. Um, Spencer's a freestyle coach. Mm -hmm. And my mom, too, like everyone, yeah. Yeah. No one slows down. <laughs> so what was it like growing up with a, a family of athletes? Like, what did, what did that teach you about discipline and commitment? Yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting because we all kind of did our own thing to some degree, but it was, like, I look back and I'm like, mom had a strategy because you have to keep us busy or else we would have all killed each other, right? Um, or, like, who even knows? But um, lots of discipline in the sense that, like, <laughs> I look back on like the days where I would get up to row. I would go to school and then I would go to dance and then I would go home and help with dinner and then probably not do my homework and then go to bed. Um, that's what, how I learned to cook, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. yeah, I think like for my siblings, they dug into it deeper sooner, whereas now I'm like 37 and all I want to do is play sports. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean... I credit a lot of it to my parents, obviously, because they taught us to take care of each other and take care of ourselves, and our health was paramount always. And I really didn't, I guess I kind of took it for granted until I was like in my 20s, and then I was like, whoa, mm -hmm. how important it is to eat properly, which is around the time that I went vegan mm -hmm. and then started Culver City Salads, right? So it all right. kind of like, when I look back on it, it all makes sense. Yeah, all the dots connect. Mm -hmm. But I think like as a little girl, I did a lot of things that a lot of people my age probably weren't doing because they didn't have four younger siblings, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I grew up quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of growing up quick, your, your late Uncle Dan Culver, he was quite the man. Yes. Yeah, and you were really close to him. Yeah, I was one of the last people to see him before he went to, to well, he, he did Everest and then he did K2. So K2 was in the mid-90s. I always kind of glitch out on the timeline, but... Um, it was a year before Riley was born, so yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he was really, really special. Um, well, he, I, you've he heard some of the story. Yeah, right? you've like heard some of the story. So yeah, he basically, yeah. well, he did a bunch of different things. He started um, a whitewater adventure and a blue water adventure, like basically adventuring companies when I was really little. He had a, a massive sailboat called the Island Roamer that he took people around uh, like for whale watching tours, but like very ethically done and very mindfully done. Um, so as a little girl, I got to go on those with him. Mm -hmm. And then he did Everest and then took, a, I guess, a couple of years off and then decided that he would do K2. But he was like 40, I think, at the time. Yeah. He was uh, technically like an older mountaineer at that point. Yeah. He did a lot of things that were considered quite risque. Um, 
and he didn't come back, but he did in, uh, I guess, one second. He made history, I think it was twice or three times over, because he was the first Canadian to summit Everest and K2. And there was a, I'm going to mess this up, but there was a bunch where it was literally like, it was a big deal. And it was the mid-90s, so it was like all in the newspapers and all that stuff. But um, while he was on his way, just after summiting, like on his way back down, he, he had a slip. And mm. his body was never recovered. Right. Yeah. So what it was, was the time. <laughs> yeah. What was that like being so young and having to grieve someone well, you loved so much? It was interesting because, so my dad's one of nine um, and they grew up on the North Shore as well. Uh, he has five sisters and he had four brothers. Does that math make sense? Nope. Three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then now he has two. Um, and Dan was obviously really special to everyone. And I mean, anyone that loses a sibling at any point, but especially when you're still pretty young is tough um and we were in deep cove and he was as well so when he passed everyone ended up in deep cove all of my dad's siblings and then there weren't that many of us like the grandkids quite yet but I remember it vividly and it was more that I remember having to sort of watch my parents like my dad and my mom for sure and all of my aunts and uncles grieve so it was a weird experience in that I didn't like I felt like I wasn't in the room Mm -hmm. but I was do you know what I mean? Yeah. You felt like a fly on the wall? Kind of, yeah. And um, we had a special connection. I mean, I think anyone that met him would have had a similar story because he was just that special. But I remember just kind of being like, I don't understand, but I get it. Like, he's not here, and this is going to really affect everyone's lives. Um, but cool things happened. You know, my dad went and uh, with my uncle's estate, they found Jedediah Island and made it into a park. So it's an island that anyone can go to and go camping. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, my two, I think it was a couple, it was like my Aunt Sue and I think my Uncle Hugh, but probably all of the siblings were involved. They started the Follow Your Dreams Foundation mm-hmm. and they started running camps for kids that needed a little bit of a change in, you know, like a shift in gears essentially. Yeah. And, uh, they helped, I think, positively impact a lot of people's lives Yeah. Um, in his honor, I would like to think. Mm. So that's kind of like part of my personal pathology is I always, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you bring him up and some people kind of like spook, like we don't want to talk about him anymore. But I don't, I just want to honor him. Like, I, I just think sometimes if you were here and if we got to hang out and I said like, hey, Dan, how do you feel about this? I'd want an answer that would feel good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool guy. Very yeah, easily Googleable. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <Still>. I know. <laughs> and you wrote a book, which I gave you. Yes. Called My Little Everest, it's which so is about beautiful. overcoming fears. And it's for all ages. And so it's my favorite thing that I get to give to friends when they have kids. Mm. And my grandmother, up until she passed, would go into schools and read it to kids and hand out copies of the book. So she republished it later in life because it wasn't like a huge, you know, it wasn't like something that was being sold everywhere. So yeah. Yeah. He seems so committed to what he did, the outdoors. And I yeah. feel like I see that in you and everything Thanks. that that you do. And so did you start with Christina Darling? Like if you think of your professional path and all the things that <laughs> you've been doing, was that the first thing, your fashion line? Well, I guess it kind of depends on how you look at it. So when I was little, uh, I started a perfume company but I was like five or six probably where I'd pick people's flowers and make like rotten perfume essentially in high school myself and a few friends we started something called instigate which was a kind of a clothing line but it was like printed on American apparel and we sold it um instigate start something that was like our tagline Mm. and then 
Christina Darling was my first like proper business with like, you know, the paperwork, et cetera. And that was in my early 20s. Right. Mm -hmm. And then where where did nails come in? Because once you started doing the nail art, you were doing... you were doing runway stuff, mm-hmm. you were doing editorial, you were doing professional athletes, Tora <laughs> yeah, Bright. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what happened was I went to New York. I went and rang in 2008 with Layla and my girlfriend Camille and my girlfriend Allison, who was living there at the time. And that's when I discovered really skinny paint. Like, so basically you buy a bo- bottle of nail polish, but it's like half the size and there's a skinny brush inside, as you've seen when I've done your nails, right? So um, I found a bunch and we were staying at Allie's place in Bed-Stuy and I was just kind of like, huh, like we didn't have much money. We were all like budget, but we were in New York and it was a big deal, right? So I would sit at their place at night on um, Allison's now ex-boyfriend's skateboard and paint like tiny little like leopard print and whatever on people's nails. Um, And then I got back to Vancouver and Layla was like, we need to start doing this on set. So then that's how that kind of like snowballed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, all kinds of crazy things happened. So like Tora Bright, that was Roxy again, right? Yeah, yeah. So like the funniest thing with Roxy, I've now worked with them over and over and over because then food too, right? So And for those who don't know who Tora Bright is, she's uh, an Olympic medalist for snowboarding. That's right. From Australia, correct? That's correct, Yeah. yeah. And she's amazing. Um, and I've worked with her twice. One time it was nails and one time it was food. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, a, I catered a retreat in, or a, not a retreat, a uh, shoot in Whistler that uh, had a bunch of pro athletes and she was mm. one. And I was so excited because I was like, is she going to remember me? Like, yeah, and she know? did, right? Yeah. You're very unforgettable. Uh, you're, you're unforgettable. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, you know, you were talking about how you moved into being vegan. Yes. And so Culver City Salads happened. Right. 2012. Oh, is that when it happened? Mm-hmm. Cool. Good to know. <laughs> um, so 2012, yeah, I guess. Uh, so I had gone on. I Well, I now refer to myself as plant forward, right? Because I think the vegan thing just got a little bit too much for me. And then plant-based, you know, there's all this language around it. But the whole thing was back then, um, I guess, yeah, like I needed to get healthier. And uh, Layla pushed me in that direction. And I had already been pretty veg most of my life but I just finally was able to identify what was going on there uh so yeah went fully vegan and then started making food I'd always been making food for friends but I started making vegan food for friends and that's when Culver City just kind of like accidentally happened um because I was in a flux where I wasn't really working enough and I was like how am I gonna make money I was transitioning out of doing nails Mm -hmm. so I had set up shop at Beauty Mark I was like working there full time and then Mm -hmm. I was like wait a second how do I like rent is coming up what am I gonna do here friends of mine called me and said we're here to talk about your disaster tunity Jody Day wow yeah quite the term I know right I was like what the what is she talking about she's like yeah okay so it was her and Rob Station and they were like you know you always make food for us it's always so good we love it we'll pay you so then I started delivering food to their offices. And then it was like friends at Lululemon, friends, you know, all these startups across Vancouver. And so it just kind of, again, snowballed. Um, but I was literally delivering salads in like Ikea, like, well, in containers inside of Ikea bags on foot and on the bus and on a bike. And it was pretty absurd for a while. <laughs> and then it became a business. And then it became a food truck. And yes. 
then I sold the food truck mm-hmm. <laughs> years later. But you were pretty you were pretty forward with even the food truck. It was solar powered, I believe, right? Okay, that's not entirely true. Oh, okay. But fair enough to ask because what we did, um, so we did a crowdfunder to turn it more environmentally sound. And initially the idea was solar, which was kind of like, I guess, like a, you know, you're like, what's the most environmentally friendly? It was at the time solar just seemed like the right thing. Once we did our research, and then, of course, I think I told you the story. Jordan Brown was like, you know what I do for a living, right? So I'm, like, in the middle of this, like, figuring it all out. We're waiting for, like, is the money going to come in? You know, you're waiting, like, um, however many people are bidding to try and help you do this thing. And I'm out for a birthday, and Jordan's like, uh, we're in the middle of developing this fridge that runs on 10% the energy of, an, of a regular fridge. It's, like, the first environmentally sound um, prep kitchen for – or, sorry, prep fridge for a kitchen, like, for a commercial kitchen. And I was like – what? Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Right. So they had an and just, engineer. That, just to back up, yes. for people who don't know uh, our friend Jordan Brown, <laughs> uh, his family uh, has long been in refrigeration um, and yeah. have a company called Habco. That's so, right. Yeah. And I had no idea. Like, this is where you're like, oh, cool. Because I don't always ask people what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. I almost yep. never do. So I, I literally said, don't you sell pop for a living? And he was like, what? No, I work for Habco or I work with my family's company. And I was like, cool. So they'd had an engineer working, I think it was 10 years, developing this fridge that held cold better than any other and they had just like the way they developed it it ran on way less energy and for me at that time I had golf cart batteries to run my fridge because mm. I refused to do a generator like there were just so many things that I couldn't handle um so yeah it was kind of a cool thing because we actually got to meet the engineer we had to retrofit the fridge to fit into the truck we had to do all kinds of crazy things luckily my cousin Jeff works in refrigeration so we took it to his shop we actually had to take like the corner off of the prep like there's like the giant cutting board because we were like someone's going to impale themselves on this thing because it was it's a massive fridge Um, but what it meant was that we were able to do what we wanted to do in terms of making the truck last longer and reduce our impact in that regard solar at that point would have been maybe a lot more money than we probably actually fundraised. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it was just much more efficient. Well, and, and it was just like, it was, um, it felt like a, like a little miracle, you know, like he said it and I was like, that's so cool. And then the fact that we actually got the first one yeah. before it went into kitchens. And it was so funny cause he's like, this isn't what we expected. We were, we were imagining it somewhere where it would stay in one place, not on a yeah. moving truck and we were just like sorry mm. you're like why not let's <laughs> but go for here it. we go yeah so that nice. was really that was really cool and it was fun too because at the time I was working with my sister we were running the company together and it was like we put a bunch of food like produce in it and we were like let's test this out we unplugged everything including the fridge and it held cold for like 15 hours oh, like wow. we kept going back and checking and we were just like this is gonna be a game changer for those times because you never know what's going to go sideways on a food truck right Mm -hmm. your batteries could die if you have a generator like they always break down like there's just so many moving parts right so that was just like it actually gave me such a sense of peace Mm. to have so what was it like working with your sister I mean if you were to think back at that time what would you say is important in a partnership when you're in business so that's like two completely different questions but um (laughs) (laughs) uh you know I don't regret it. Like it was all part of the process. My sister's a holistic nutritionist and a pastry chef and obviously my sister. So, you know, there are things where it's like, this is obviously a fit. It's challenging to work with family. We all know this. We're probably going to keep doing it for the rest of our lives anyways, because that's just how we roll. But um, partnerships are fascinating because they're always like I've had a few. Right. And they're always different. 
Um, and I mean, ultimately, we're no longer working together, right? Like on the on the business, but um, yeah, it was cool. We have some really fun stories. Some really neat things happened. We accomplished some major goals. There were so many times where we'd call dad at the end of the day and be like, dad, guess what happened? You know, like the days where we would do a big event and then go to like the sunset festival, like those food truck festivals or, right. you know, and you would yeah. just feel like you, you really like pushed through and did something big or overcame something that like you like did not actually think you were going to get through. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, your salads were well loved. Oh, thanks. They, uh, yeah, I still eat them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and do they, you don't do any salads anymore, right? You, you can't no. find them at juice truck. Or... Well, no. Yeah. So we, we basically, it was, a, it's a whole bigger, longer story, but it went from like the truck was, it was working until it wasn't like it was just, you know, it became a little bit exhausting, a lot exhausting. Um, and then the actual like catering and, and, uh, cause we were retailing in a bunch of different spots. Yes. It just kind of started to get more and more challenging. The kitchen we were in, we weren't loving. Um, and then my sister decided that she wanted to do other things. Mm-hmm. And then I got into a car accident and then I sold the truck and then I was just like, and breather. So right. I went back to working on set. Yeah. Um, and you also, into, I was tattooing. Yes. I was just going to, you took it right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. You started tattooing. Yeah. And so, and so it was kind of nice in that it gave my body a break because I wasn't literally running around all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still had a creative outlet, still have a creative outlet in that regard. And I kept the business. Like I still have it. It's still incorporated. And I still have like, obviously the website and Instagram and all that because I've been still kind of riddling through what I want to do with it because there is still so much there. It's just more what I have the energy for. And if I want to go into a partnership again or what that looks like. And, and then of course hit like pandemic hits and you're like the idea of getting into a place where I'm making food again. Yeah. Hats off to people that are doing it. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah. So, and that's, it's been quite the year for everyone. yeah, Yeah. I know. And so it's like, I think like you and I'm, we talk a lot about like the deeper stuff and like the reflection, the time to like sit back and kind of take inventory on like what you can do and what you want to do mm-hmm. and how there is a big difference there sometimes. Yeah. And so that's exactly where I am right now. Right. What right. can I do and what do I want to do? Yeah. I mean, everyone had to, to pivot from this life that we were used to, yeah. um, into one of, you know, frankly for a lot of people, more solitude and more yeah. space, um, so what was it like for you mentally and emotionally through this time, like even physically? Yeah. So, I mean, it's so bizarre because, well, as you know, my little brother moved in with me. Not like, well, I was, I was in Mexico essentially when it like really set in. Um, I was working for a local company and that ended. And so I was like, time for a little trip. And then it was just like, and the world's shutting down. Um, so there were a lot of like kind of scary moments in you know, you get overwhelmed because you're like, how am I going to be able to afford this? Obviously the health staff is always scary. You think about your family, like all of that stuff was coming into play. But I think for me, it was more just, uh, it, okay. Well, initially, I mean, if I'm perfectly honest, I was like, oh my God, I have time on my side. No one's going to call me out for dawdling. Like if I want to take an entire day to just do stuff that's creative, I can. Mm. <laughs> um, so, you know, there were little blessings in there. So you found your mer- yourself more creative in this time. Yeah. Initially, mm-hmm. I, it's gone in waves, right? Mm. Because then it was like, um, so there was like, yeah, the winter that was kind of tough, like through, I guess, spring and then summer hit. And it was like, oh my gosh, we live in one of the most amazing places to be for this because we have the space. We can go do things. Like mm-hmm. 
those that couldn't travel were probably looking at us over here in BC being like, you dicks, like we're up, you know, hiking mountains and like going for like swims in the ocean and doing things that, you know, that are kind of dreamy. Yeah. So yeah. And then, like I said, so Riley moved in and then we went on little ventures together. We made the most of it. Um, but it was go, go, go. Like at the summer I felt like, and I will also preface because with the food truck and all that stuff, summers for me have often been like just work. So this summer I was like, again, whoa, cool time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to do some fun stuff. And, um, I was able to still work a little bit on set. Like there was some balance in that regard. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately I think anyone I've spoken with, everyone's had moments where they're just like, what the actual hell is going on? Um, I've never said health is wealth more in my entire life. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just look at like some other people that are stuck in places where they really don't have options. And I feel like, could we be luckier? I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, there were scary moments for sure. But yeah, the nice thing is, is you can almost reach out always and talk to someone that's going to be going through something similar because it's not like you're alone in this, right? No, yeah. It really leveled the playing field, I feel like. Yeah, and I think it also opened up the bigger conversations. Like a lot of people that I know that maybe would never have considered going to therapy or maybe never thought that yoga was worth their time or still ate garbage food in their 40s. You know, like people started to make better decisions around their wellness, I think, because they didn't really have another option or they had time to do it. You know, they're like, Mm -hmm. I'm on the serve. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do some research or I want to be with my family. So how can I be healthier to do so? Mm. So it's been kind of cool in that I have seen like that open up a bit. Yeah. Which excites me a lot. Yeah. Um, So lifestyle changes. Yeah. Mentally, physically. Yeah, I think so. And people just, and and it's funny too, because I've watched people go through it where I look at them and I'm like, you look healthier. And you know, some people are funny, like they don't want to talk about it. They're just like, whatever, I'm fine. I smoked a pack of cigarettes for breakfast. This is me. (laughs) And it's like, no, you didn't. You went for a run this morning and I can tell. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I think, yeah, it's, uh, there have been some real wins for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, now we're just kind of like, I feel like it's a, it's a funny time because we're how many, three days from Christmas, four, four yeah, days, I think three days, three days. Yeah. So three it's days. like the time of year when normally everyone's like ripping around town, getting Christmas presents. And I would love to see how many people are like thrifting and making. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think people are really starting to think a little bit more about that stuff. Mm-hmm. That must be music to your ears. Yeah, it, <laughs> it really is. What, what do you think you learned about yourself? during this time that was surprising or maybe even what you learned about people in general or society? Uh, Well, I feel like I really started to see more of a divide in terms of people and like, you know, there's like the anti-maskers, which I think is starting to kind of dry up because it's just like get over yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So some people that were really definitive in like, this is all conspiracy theory, you know, uh, versus people that were like, no, there's a like scientific backing and there's, you know, something scary going on and we need to address it. So just, you know, that feeling when you're walking down the street and like, for me, if I go for a run and I'm in a place where I know there's space, I don't wear a mask. I have it in my pocket, but I'm running fast enough that I know I'm not getting close to people. Mm -hmm. But even just seeing sometimes like the shock on someone's face, like as if you've just like thrown a pie at them or something. Yeah. Um, that I find kind of fascinating. I think, I mean, I've kind of stayed offline for the most part. Like, I'll go on to check in on my friends, but I'm not deep diving on 
really anything because I feel like a lot of the information is just getting to me no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. But so I digital feel detox, like kind of, yeah, to some degree, which was like not even really intentional. It's just that there was a, a lot of other stuff going on, so I didn't want to sit behind my computer. Um, but kind of seeing like the different levels, I guess, of like, yeah, people's anger. You know, when you see someone get really mad, and you're like, is this the pandemic? Is this like? Mm-hmm a bad day? Did you just like eat something that you're not happy about? Like people just really, I think not fully uh, understanding their energy in a moment, like how it can affect other people. That's been fascinating to me. Um, and well, then, yeah, there's that underlying stress that everybody has. Everyone it's, has it. And then you and see some people that are like performing, mm. you know, where you can kind of see them like they're like, they want to snap, but they're like holding it in and you're just like, kind of almost like waiting for it to happen. Yeah. Um, That especially in dating, for sure. Do -hmm. not recommend dating during a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) If you can avoid, do it. (laughs) Speaking from experience. Speaking from experience. Um, But then, yeah, for me personally, I think, like, back to the time thing. I've I've had more time to process things. So, you know, some of the stuff that that in the past I would have turned into a funny story or like, you know, kind of laughed off or shoved under the rug. I've actually had the time to like sit in and pick through and process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of time to think about like more so recently where I'm like, what is going to happen next for me? And then for like the people that I love and for the world, like just a little bit more time to actually think on that stuff, you know, like not just, what are you feeling? Go. Well, I mean, most people are talking about how this is like a really big pivot that's happening in the world. Um, you know, you want to talk about like wokeness or whatever the kids are saying these days. I think people are taking, uh, more sort of, uh, responsibility for their actions and for like, you know, like the thought process of, do we want to have kids? Or if we have friends that are having kids, like, do we want a world where there's positive things happening for those people mm-hmm. so people are being being more thoughtful I think with their, so and more conscious like I think yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to think that there is like a deeper level of that where people aren't just like you know people used to say vote with your wallet right? mm-hmm. so now it's kind of like I don't know what the new version of that would be but it's just making more conscious choices that are a little bit more evolved mm-hmm. you know I'm seeing that more um, and then also a cool thing is just like, I think the, like the whole, uh, you know, guys are like this and girls are like that. And like, it's like, so the amount of guys that I've seen like melt down and then finally like own their emotions. Mm-hmm. That's been neat. Yeah. <laughs> and for yeah. women too, you know, like yes. for everyone, but just really interesting to see sort of, uh, some breakthroughs in that regard. Right. Yeah. Like it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Mm. Or like, I'm a guy and I'm bawling my eyes out right now. Mm-hmm. And so be it. Mm. I've loved those moments. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So uh, more co- consciousness amongst. Yeah. And again, like back to the energy thing where it's like realizing that ultimately your energy does impact other people sometimes. Right. And if everyone's exhausted in the room and there's one person that's being a bit of a baby and not for the best reasons, maybe it's going to affect the people in the room. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of like that thing where, especially, you know, as someone from a big family, it's like kind of uh, like I hate cancel culture and all that stuff, but like call out a little bit where it's like, you know what? That's not okay. <laughs> right. Right. But it is okay to not be okay. Right. Yeah. So if you own it and you're just like, this is really, you know, affecting my mental health, that's a different story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is a lot more openness. I feel like yeah. around that right now, because yeah. it's almost like, this time has allowed for that. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like the time to actually 
just forget about time. And if you like, like that night where we hung out at my house and you told us some things that I didn't know about you and you heard some of Riley's stories and you know, we really like got into it. It was really cool because after you left, I think I told you this, Riley was like, I hung out with May once. And it was really <laughs> like, I really like her. She's really cool. But he's like, whoa, that story she just told us. And I was like, yeah, right. I'd never heard that one either. And he was mm-hmm. just like, wow. You know? And so we just kind of like, were in awe a bit because you were very open and vulnerable in that. And, you know, I think we were probably telling some pretty bizarre Culver stories too. So it was like, it was like safe for everyone, which was really right. nice, you know? You know, and I feel in those moments, that's how you get to know each other. Oh, that's absolutely. how you get to know someone's true essence, yeah. where they've come from. Yeah. And, you know, the the old adage that everyone has a story. Yes. And you don't necessarily know what that is. But yeah, once you do, there's this, I feel like there's a level of understanding. Yeah, or yeah. Well, and you connect more, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like now um, you've just kind of exposed this part of you that maybe, maybe you've seen before, but maybe not all of it. Or, yeah. Right? Yeah, you can connect the dots on someone's character or personality totally. and you tell and, her and you're like whoa yeah. my God, it all makes sense yeah absolutely yeah so there's been a lot of that and I don't know I think um it's lightened things up a little bit like I look at my family dynamic there were some major fights early in the pandemic and it got to the point where I would call my mom and be like aren't you actually on the way to the airport in Toronto I called my mom and I was like aren't you just kind of ready for your kids to call you with like a hey mom how's your day going and she's like yes <laughs> I've been waiting for years. <laughs> yeah, today can today be the day. Yeah. Um. So I feel like we're we're getting there. Yeah. And it's not. I, I don't think we're alone in it. Like I talk to a lot. Like my my mom calls us her adults, right? So I talk to other people that have that same you know parents that like want their their offspring to have a good time and there's more of an openness. Like it's you know people are telling some of the the stories that they probably were gonna hopefully keep to themselves forever. So again, it's like a healing process, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for you, what, um, what's this next year looking like for you? Oh, man. I know that you've been thinking about dabbling in some other things yeah. and so taking all of these creative talents that seem to organically just bubble up and run with them. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I'm just about to finally start building a website again for myself that's not just about food. I literally was on the phone with GoDaddy this morning being like, do I still own that domain? (laughs) I need to get on it. Um, So yeah, I'm going to start putting basically all of my work together in one place so that it's easier to access and then hopefully I can book more, Mm -hmm. whether it be set work or private chef work or whatever it looks like. Um, I also am just starting to work into some, I'm still not even really entirely sure what to call it, but like skincare stuff. So like the face sprays and the, you know, like I do all these little potions that I just kind of normally whip up when I'm like bored yes, <laughs> or something's like dwindling or I'm like, oh, I really need some like vitamin C right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to start playing around with uh, different things in that regard. I'm also starting to work with my dad a little bit. He's a landscaper. So I'm, I'm stepping in to get a fresh website up for him. Um, uh, And that's kind of where I'm at. Like I'm just, I made a commitment to myself a few years ago where I was like coming through, or it may have even actually been last year, coming through a bit of a rough situation with working for someone else. And I was like, I just don't want to do it again Mm. unless it's like a really great situation. Mm -hmm. I really want to suss it out first kind of thing. So now I'm like back there where this morning I was thinking about it again and I was like, I just, 
I want to be more freelance. I want to do contract or mm-hmm. whatever that may look like. But yeah. yeah, for the next year, I think it's going to be more about creative stuff and then finding the balance where hopefully I'll get enough set work so I can fund whatever it is that I'm doing. Yeah. And who knows, maybe partners with someone that, you know, is the right person or the right people. Right. Um, but I want to get all my ducks in a row. And so yeah. that's why it's like, architect your life yeah, exactly <laughs> through Christmas like when when I have some downtime work yeah. on the website um yeah so it's hopefully going to come together and yeah have a better answer for you come like January February well I hope those sprays come out because mm. they are you'll great. be getting them yeah they're happening. love it yeah <laughs> so in terms of self-care like what are you doing to make sure that you keep your sanity and stay balanced especially going into 2021 where we're not probably going to see a ton of change immediately yeah it's gonna be a bit what does that look like Um, loving loving yourself love myself I know it's always like (laughs) self-care what does that actually look like so you know um well the class that we did in Toronto with Alex Maserol Mm -hmm. so she just started she just launched a new platform she's working with this company called open right so we did that so I just uh I put in like the early application or whatever to to do um, the monthly subscription with them. And it's cool because they do breath work, they do meditation, and mm-hmm. they do yoga, and they've got a And it's very, all done virtually. So it's, it's all it's, virtual. It's, yeah. It's pretty incredible. But it's cool because you kind of feel like you're in a class to some degree because she can see you. Mm-hmm. She can see everyone from what I gathered. Yes. And so she can actually identify, like she can literally go, you know, tweak this or cute outfit or <laughs> whatever is happening. I did it on my birthday last week and she was like, she said like three times happy birthday over the thing, which was. <laughs> so it's interactive. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and it, it, it feels more connected too. Cause you know, it's like the friends that we miss. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has been helpful and I look forward to doing that more. I have a bathtub that I've just recently rediscovered. <laughs> so I've been taking like oat baths and stuff. Cause well, like, let's talk about how dry our skin is right now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that has been nice. And then I have some chronic, some back stuff. So I s- will sit in the tub and send me an email or Work two. on that. <laughs> yeah. Have you been reading any good books lately? Mm, yeah, well. Any I'm, recommends? This is where I suck the most because I, like, can tell you everything about the book, but not necessarily the name of it. Um, I'm finishing a book called Handle with Care right now that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm listening to City of Girls, Oh, what's that about? Um, it's about, I'm going to totally botch this. I'm going to actually just pull it up. It's, um, it's one actually Alex interviewed her and that's how I found it initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's by, what's her pickle? Elizabeth Gilbert. Okay. Right? Yes. You yes. Know, eat, everyone, pray, love. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. so it's not, I expect it to be in that same vein. It's totally not. It's about, uh, girls in New York back in the day. I want to say it's like the four or the 50s I could be wrong fictional it's uh I don't know that it is it sounds very real like when you're the way that it reads but it could be it could be but I think it's based uh, closely to some stuff that did actually happen I really should have all these answers I don't know but that's okay it's 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 worth we'll put it in the show notes yeah um and then other than that well I normally read like four books at once so I'm trying to finish the one book that my mom gave me so that I can move into another one and, and maybe close down three others at the same time. But mm-hmm. that's what Christmas is for, right? Yeah. And then, uh, like we were talking about earlier, podcasts, that's kind of been like another thing that I've just started to delve back into. Mm-hmm. Because you can cook and make things while you're listening to a yeah, podcast absolutely. Or, <laughs> or drive or whatever. It's right? a wild world out there in podcasts. Oh my God. So it's much. actually like out of control. <laughs> I, I, I uh, dove back in. Yeah, I think it was like within the last month, but I had a list that was piling up. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of nice because, you know, you go in and you find, well, soon it'll be this one. 
right? Yes. When, are, yes. when will that be, by the way? Uh, Q1 of 2021, Whoa. if you're not listening to this in 2021. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So coming soon, folks. Coming soon. Coming very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's like one called Live Awake that I love. Have you ever okay. to that one? No. I'm going to send it to you or find it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's another, like a, a girl, this girl, Sarah, who used to live here and it's hers and it's, okay. be- it's beautiful. Uh, authentic Sex. Have you ever listened to that one? These are all new Trippy. to me. I love it's this. Great. Yeah. So that one I think you'll like. And then of course like Ted Radio. Everyone listens to Ted Radio, yeah. I feel like. But there are certain ones where it's like it hits on these notes or it's something where you're like, I literally am learning all mm-hmm. of the new things right now that I did not know. Um, yeah, but I mean, I again, I could like go. De- oh, uh, here's the thing. That one's like one of my favorite, just because I love Alec Baldwin's voice. Ah, uh, he's got one too. Yeah, and he interviews great people. Mm. Like you're like I, I've listened to that one on longer road trips and just been like, obviously focused on the road, but really just like daydreaming, <laughs> like listening to these people talk about their fantastic lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So you're feeling hopeful though. Twenty twenty one. I think. Well, I mean, honestly, at this point, we're so close to the end of twenty twenty, and everyone's so ready to be done with it. I feel like so can only go upward there's got to be some good things I really think that there's I mean we already have seen some incredible art come out some really amazing like musical artists that we've never heard of you know there's a lot of like really amazing creative stuff that's happening that we don't even know about yet right right? so as people are able to like launch and release and get out there yeah that's encouraging yeah it's really shifting the way that people are putting work out there too totally and then yeah exactly it's It's quite incredible people are able to get so much done right so if you have a collective of people in one room just like pounding out music Mm -hmm. fantastic yeah and then I also the world benefits yeah exactly right people are dancing in their kitchen (laughs) (laughs) and then I also think you know environmentally if you're someone that's really rooting for like the world to go more plant focused or forward or however you want to spin it I think that is happening. People are just finally buckling down and making more decisions that are, mm-hmm. you know, going to better everyone. Yeah, I was reading a stat the other day about global wellness mm. and that it's going to um, revenues are going to increase to 180 billion in 2022. And <laughs> Some, I was, these are things that like people would never have predicted, you know, <laughs> right? Like, as if they're like, nah, corporations will still rule. Yeah, but yeah. they've got plant based chicken mm. which I was blowing my mind Trippy and thing to think about but yeah yeah I know well and that's the thing because and you, it's getting heavy investment yeah well I mean remember when like beyond meat and like when when those burgers like the patties started releasing in the mm-hmm. states initially and then here it was like a big deal people were getting very excited and I find it all really fascinating because so much of it is science right which yeah. is cool um I don't like chicken, so I can't really speak to that one. Yeah. (laughs) But if it's like the gateway, then cool. Mm. And if people are investing money in their wellness and if that trickles into a global wellness impact situation, yeah. Yes. Then you're all for it. Oh, God, yeah. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) You're all about wellness. Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny because this is the thing. You know when people tell you what they think about you and you're like, huh, all right. That's what do people neat. think about you? Well, you, you you tell me. You're telling me right now. Mm. I don't always see myself in that light, so thank you. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. I don't see myself as, like, a garbage human or anything, but, you know. No, like, no, I mean, It's I a think... funny thing when it's all about wellness because at, like, the root of it, that is something that I always. Yeah, you're very conscious about it naturally, so. I think that's what I think is. that's like, why you really probably think, don't, don't think see it. Much. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, what are you talking about? You're just, I'm, I'm living. I'm just doing, isn't this how everyone lives? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, thank you for your time, Christina. Always, thank you for having always. me. I know, right? This is so great. I'm so yeah. stoked that you're doing this. I know. I'm so happy you're on. Um, I ask every guest this one question. Um, through what you do, what is it that you want to leave behind in this world? Such a big question. Yes, that's why I keep it a secret mostly. Yeah, so no one can prepare. Yeah, nobody can prepare. <laughs> I wonder how many people give the same answer. Never, probably. Never. So what am I leaving behind? Basically is what you're asking. Yeah. If I could choose. Um, I guess just... Uh, Doesn't have to be one thing. No. Oh, oh how, yeah, much, how I much mean, time do you have? <laughs> um, bring it. <laughs> well, okay, so... Just this is like kind of a random thing that I'm going to throw out there. But I used to educate on the sex trade. I traveled all over BC in prevention education when I was in my early 20s, before I started my clothing line. And the whole thing, the goal, was to keep one girl off the street. Like that was the ultimate goal. If we mm. could if we could positively, positively affect and um, educate enough people that somehow we save one girl from becoming a sex trade worker, that's the win, mm -hmm. right? So I've always kind of had that in the back of my head where it's like, if you can help one, you know, whether, like for me, I'd like to think that I can help a lot of people if I can. Um, but even if it's like help change the mind of a handful of people so that better things happen. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So like, I guess it kind of goes back to like the, the importance of like a collective or a community of people, right? So, you know, let's say, I mean, I look at like some of the fun things that I've done where I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I get to do this. But, you know, working with a bunch of kids in Whistler, like doing our summer camps that I used to do with Alex and, and Gian, um, formerly known as the district crew, we would get to hang out with all these really amazing kids that are like, now I'm watching them grow up to some effect. You know, there's some that I'm still in contact with and those little moments where you just are having a conversation, but maybe to them it means more. Mm, in ways you don't realize. Yeah. So mm. like, you know, like I guess it's effectively looking at like mentorship in a sense. So mm -hmm. if I can somehow help someone. Yeah. Empower the next generation. Empower, exactly. Mm. Um, but I think it's going to take a, a lot of us to do that together ultimately. So it just takes one to start. There you go. Well, thank <laughs> you so much, my friend. Thank you. Love you. I love you too. <laughs> if you enjoyed that last conversation, be sure to check out more episodes of The Craft on Spotify and guest photo galleries on the website at wearethecraft.com. Thanks again for listening.